So a couple has their first child, child's two or three, four years old, and uh, the wife's expecting, so trying to explain to the child who's been the only child and just uh, focus on all the parents' interest and love and time, etc., that there's going to be somebody coming along who's going to take up a lot of, disrupt his life in many, many ways. Parents will be focused on them, especially at the beginning. The kid's going to cry a lot. It's going to keep the parents up. Parents will be holding him a lot, not much more than them. Right? So they tell the child, you know, a parent's love is a phenomenal thing that the parent can have love in their heart for many, many children equally. Not, one's not better than the other. And we can, there's space in the heart for, for the love for two of them. Um, so the child has difficulty absorbing this. And the uh, jealousy of a, a first child for a second child is a, is a very common issue. Right? So parents are trying to explain this. So, so I was once discussing this with my wife, and my wife says, well, I give you the following muscle to help you understand the, child, the challenge that the child has. So husband comes home one day to his wife. He says, my dear, I love you as much as ever. And her husband's heart has room to have room for more than one. I have a second wife coming home. It's okay. Everything will be, it'll be good. It'll be safe. And it's okay. Don't worry about it. Right? Mm-hmm. Right. So the kid says uh, he doesn't buy it. Okay. That was the marshal that she gave. It was a great marshal. Um, we grapple with this all the time. I, I want to suggest, uh, I suggested this a, a while back. That um, Ramaran spoke by the the Yerzeit chief for Yerzeit Suda for Be'enimer that the Tamir Rekiba were nifter because Shlomo covered Zezezeh. So there's a mistaken notion that pictures that you know that they were not didn't act appropriately appropriately towards each other, etc. That's sort of the picture. I think that's maybe a, a, an incorrect understanding of it. Ramaran pointed out that they didn't give covet. It didn't say that they, they acted inappropriately. They didn't give covet. So imagine there are only 10 Lomde Torah in the whole world. So each one is carrying a tenth of the burden of, of the Lima Torah for the whole generation. So obviously each person is extremely important, and they recognize each one of them is very important. They have tremendous respect for the, the other nine members of their group. That we are the people which carry the Degel of Torah in the whole Bria. When it's a thousands, it's a little bit harder to understand how each person plays that role. When you have yeshiva of 24,000 people, it's sort of hard to lose to keep track of the fact that each person deserves tremendous covet. He's a person who's carrying part of the chalik of Torah of the Bria. Rashiba used to tell us that the person has to, the Rashiba gift her, he would, this goes back in the 70s and the 80s. So, those days, businessmen used to actually dress Chubadik. And he said that the, the Bakram have to dress similarly because you're not any less significant and important than the business people. So, we, we, he wanted the Bakram to wear ties. We used to wear ties during the week. Well, not everybody did in yeshiva did it, but a lot of the Tamil yeshiva, you know, wore ties. Because you're not any less kosher than the businessman. 
I had the horror that it's, it's, it's easy to, it's easier to live with that thought process when you realize you're one of a handful of people learning Torah in the generation. In those days, there was Pesach Ben Asmanim, Cholamite Pesach, Cholamite Sukkot. In the in in Bar Park, they would have something called Kinnis Bnei Torah, and there would be a get together. All of the Bnei Torah, basically, in the tri-state area would come together. One of the Gedolim would speak. It's usually done on the Gudas Israel of 14th Avenue, which is, doesn't exist anymore. They had a big hall, which could hold like over a thousand people. And there Gifter came one time, and Rabbi Yaakov, and etc. And it hit me a fascinating thing in those days that, you know, we were sitting in, together in a hall. There's a thousand of us. And that was it. That was the B'nai Torah in the Tri-State area. And not everybody was there, but... And I come out and knew everybody by name. I didn't necessarily friend with it, but, you know, I, you, I was aware of everybody who was there. This is 50 years ago in America, 45 years ago in America. You could fit all of us into one roof. So you knew you're one of a thousand people, one of two thousand people maybe across the country which are learning Torah. You're the elite of, of Klaus. Fast forward two generations later, and there's a hundred thousand people doing it. So we don't understand how valuable that is. Each one of us learning Torah. It doesn't mean that they they degraded each other and there's no degradation at all. But if you treat Ramosha Feinstein the way you treat an average Yeshiva Bakr, they're very respectful, etc. It's just not right. Because he's Ramosha Feinstein. You have to treat him more than that. And you treat an average Yeshiva Bakr like you treat an average person who's not, who's not privileged to have the opportunity to be one of the people which is carrying the degel of Torah in a generation. It's also not proper. It's a lack of respect. You didn't know anything not. You're metric and you were sweet and you were nice and you were respectful, but not according to the madrig of what they deserved. Because you are the people which are carrying Torah and Klai And they didn't look at it like that because there's so many of us. It's each, how much of a role can you play? So Bishlam, a person comes along and says, you know, I have a unique chalik of Torah that I, I, I'm adding. So, okay, so maybe I understand the Echashivas for myself and for others. So we make this very special karlo. The entrance way into the karlo is you have to put out a safer on a unique topic that nobody else put out on. Nowadays, Bor Hashem, Swarm, right? Asoy Swarm, and Kate, Shaitach and Pasuk, and Kahelis. Fidor says the Mashiach can't come until all the storms which have to be published are going to come. And that's why nowadays, Baruch Hashem, the, the rate of publishing swarm has increased tremendously. Uh, Mr. Bigalizen Swarm said that nowadays, on the average, there's, there is an average of 260 swarms which come out per month. 260 swarms come out new per month. Right? Most of them do not get studies in any major way. But occasionally, you know, if you want to make sure that your safer is going to be studied, you pick a topic which is unique. So maybe, hopefully, somebody needs that information. Well, uh, use your safer. So, until it's Yadayim, before Kriyash Alamita, kill Chosay. Right? So, you know, you know, you're the only person who has a safer on that. There's a new safer that came out, Hilchus Strymel. 
It's, 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 it's available in the suburbs. I get a commission if you buy it for me. I mean, like, like it's, it's 350 pages. I have no idea. There's three volumes. There's Hilchus Kvitzel, Streimel, and Garthel. I'm serious. Okay? You know, it's, it's, it's a whole saver, you know? Right? So somebody's going to pick that up. I mean, just for the fun of it, right? <laughs> so, but entrance to this carlos, everybody's put out swarm on different niche swarm, right? So we respect each other because each one of us has has, has a idea tsuma and a kelek of Torah which nobody else has. Okay, maybe we would do that. But we're all the plain guys learning Torah. We're all the same. How much we what not feed it? We, if we yeah learn, if we don't learn, does it make a difference? It makes a difference. I saw an, I saw an article years back. This person was interviewed. And he worked in the Demona at this facility, and um, he came in. You know, you would not talk to anybody else while you were there. You went to a room, and you there's like a screen, and you put your hands through the screen, and you worked on something. Every day, the same same thing you're working on. You know exactly what you're working on. You didn't know what else was working on, and uh, right, you have no idea what you're doing. He says there was hundreds of us doing something. Each one was doing something else. We have no idea what we're doing. So we had no idea what we're, we're accomplishing. Now, of course, the theory is that they're working on a bomb. Right? That, that's the theory. But you know, right? each person was kept totally in the dark because therefore they couldn't come together and discuss the idea, and then you'd have people who know what they were doing. So that was the theory. I mean, the story itself sort of lends itself to the, to the secrecy was that they, they, were, they, were, they were building a car, right? I mean, like, you know, obviously, they were doing something of a tremendous, you know, secret. I remember Claudius Searle is building something. Contributing something. I don't see how my Chalik and Torah is as. If I don't learn today, if I do learn today, I cannot I understand a key who's have a difference to the Bria. It doesn't make a difference. I don't, I don't get it. And I don't understand the difference if you learn or you don't learn. And we, we have a yeshiva of 24,000 people. It's hard to really picture. Like, you know, one guy says, you know, I don't show up today. No, no, oh my gosh. It's going to be a Chalik, the Torah, which is missing. It's hard to absorb that. But that's the reality. But even if that wouldn't be the reality, a parent doesn't need to be machsh of their child because they're contributing. A parent is machsh of the child because of their child. And you have a family, you know, a parent that has a big family, and it says, you know, 50, 15 kids and fourth and show up and says, okay, it's okay, fourth out of 15 is not so bad. You know, it's only one fifteenth, it's not so important. Right? It's only 6%, 6 plus percent, it's not so important, you know, so he doesn't show up. No, I want all my children there. They're all, you're all very valuable to me. The child doesn't understand how valuable they are to the parent. They only sees their value if I'm somebody better, I'm more important. If, mommy, who do you like best? Ongoing conversation between parent, you know, ch children and parents. Yeah, but really, really, mommy's heart is big enough. To, yeah, but who do you really like best? I'm the best, right, mommy? Right? That's how we look at it. 
Rebekiva says, Not only does Christ so Bonim Lamakim, like we spoke about last month, but Chiba Yisrael Nadas Lahem. So, of course, you understand that means the Russian told us this fact. The Russian could appreciate us as children and deal with us as such without informing us of that fact. But that wasn't enough for Kaddish Baruch. He wanted us to know how dear we are to him. Every one of us is a, is a ban lamakim. And when he sits by the table, he says, there's only 14 there, he says, where's the 15th? Because you're so important to me, because you're my child. And whether it's 10 or 24,000, it doesn't make a difference. There's only 23,999, there's somebody missing. And each member of Kaisal is a ben lamakim. And the, the, the people which are the... the, 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 the then it says that... that we have this tremendously desirable item called Torah. And each member of Kaisal is contributing. And they didn't see it. Rabbi Kiva saw it. It's a mind-boggling thing. I, 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 Rabbi Kiva doesn't think my haskama. Right? But I, I, it's hard to wrap your head around Rabbi Kiva. A person had a yeshiva of 24,000 people, and they die in a span of, 20, of 33 days. So you're burying 750 Talmudim every single day. There's 750 Levias, 750 Espedim. You're a broken man. You're done. It's all over. Rekiva goes, it's five Talmudim. You know, I used to say sheer to 24,000 Talmudim. Now there's this little crowd huddled around the center. And he teaches them Torah. Anybody with Rekiva would have been broken. Wiped out. Depressed. We'll put him on, you know, medication. Early retirement. He understood the Hashivas of each person learning Torah. So it's not 24,000, that's what's Hashiv. It's one person, which is Hashiv times 24,000. So one person times five is also chashu. One person is chashu. The Rekiva had the covenant for each one of his Tamidim. He understood each one it has a role, it has a value. So it's a tremendous pain to, to bury 24,000 Tamidim. I can't, I, I can't wrap my head around it. But that doesn't make the, ch- the opportunity to teach the five Talmudim any of what's valuable. He understood that they're bottom, they are Banim Lamakim. 
each member of Klal is a ben lamachim. Each member of Klal has, without, without getting a special chalik on Torah, but that itself puts him by the table. In Kabbalah we understand that they have a klichem, that each member of Klal has a seichel kenim, but so it's not easy, they have their chalik on Torah. I have no idea what it is. And might you just learning through difficulty, and that's it. You never mechadish a shikol tar in your life; it doesn't make a difference. But coming to a clarity of learning through difficulty is called a chelik and tar. Rukhaim is quoted. He says that the definition of chiddush and tar is that a person works at something they didn't understand before. He understands it now. That's called a chiddush and tar. You're not going to publish a major safer from that. You know, like say Meshach Aburus. You understand it. You understand Ramban now. You didn't understand it before. You wouldn't understand it. That's called a chiddush and Torah. It's your chiddush. You made something new. It's yours. But who do you like better, Tati? Which chiddush is better? Which chiddush is more obvious? Which chiddush is kashmak? Which sefer is more niskabel? We see it from the, these these physical eyes, and we say, like, I don't see that my, my, my contribution is so significant. We don't respect ourselves. What it means to learn. So obviously we're not going to respect the person next to us either. We don't understand the chashivas that it means that we're sitting and learning. Without all the fanfare. That's not, it's, not, it's irrelevant. You're right. You, you look exactly the same as everybody else. Therefore what? You're not unique in any way, shape, or form. Okay? Let's say, therefore what? You're never going to be phenomenal. Therefore what? You're a person who's learning the Basham's Torah. As his bed. That's a beautiful title. That's why you get covered. Covered means the, the recognition of the, the, the significance which is there. Hirsch points out that the word covered comes from the, from the same word as the word Kaved, heavy. We have in English something has gravity. So he says, we know from we know from our physics that weight is not the actual mass which is there. The actual mass is there is the mass is, is weighed. The actual matter is there is made weighed in, in form of mass, and that's true whether you're on the earth or whether you're on on, on, on the moon. The weight is the gravity, the interface between the earth and the item. The weightiness is, you, is the significance that you're placed towards this matter. And we talk about something that has gravitas, and it's a heavy issue. We use all these words. It's the recognition of the significance which is there. It's not the actual significance. The significance is there automatically, whether you like it or not. It's the act of being macerate. Being macerate means to be a person who has the opportunity to learn Torah. Be makar means to be a member of Klai Yisrael. Yeshiva used to tell us, it says, your parents didn't send you to Yeshiva. The Kodesh Baruch was sent to you to Yeshiva. Your parents were the vehicle to send you to Yeshiva. It means Russia wants you in this place. He wants to hear from you. He knows that he wants your input. And the fact that there's another 50 people doing that doesn't make a difference. Revolver writes that one of the biggest challenges that Bukharam have is, is, is Kino. Because he's sitting in Yeshiva. And uh, Lo Yimarlet, he's sitting in Yeshiva, that there's some, one guy is a bigger lab than you. 
the other guys do better zikaron than you. Another feller cops things quicker than you do. Another feller is a better daver than you. Everybody's got something better than you. And you're with them constantly. So it, it starts to wear you out. The atzimis of the person, the significance of who you are, be'etzim, withers. And all you see is what's around you. That's when kina starts. When you're rekevatzomis, then you have kina. Your atzimis is extraordinary. Who you are, be'etzim, be'etzim, is a bottom of makam. Is a chiba yosef, the da'as tochem, that you're bottom of makam. Rakhaim Akhtar says the Mishnah brings the the, the pasuk. What's the end of that pasuk? 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 What's the Hemshech of the Pasuk? So Rashi says, you're the bottom of the Malkim, so you should look beautiful. You shouldn't make, mutilate yourself. You shouldn't look bad. Rechaim HaKadr says a different shot. Rechaim HaKadr says, parents decide to send the child away. Feels the child will grow better. He's away from home. Sends him to a distant country. He says, when, I'm, when I think you're ready, I'll, I'll, I'll send you to come home. He goes and he's there for years. And he develops friendships, relationships, grows there, set, makes roots, etc. And one day, gets a message that father wants him home. He's not going to come back. So his friends are accompany him to the, to the port to get on the boat to go back home. And they're saying goodbye. And it's obviously very painful to somebody that's very dear to them, very special to them, and they're never going to see him again. But at the same time, the pain is tempered with the fact that they know he's going home to his father. So they can't be overly in distress because they, they recognize that it's a very special moment for him to go back to his father. He's, he's happy to go back to his father. And he wants him back with his father. That's something which is valuable to him. And it's such a special moment that they appreciate that. The Pasuk says. So the Mifter is going home. He's going back to his father. Yes, you're going to miss him very much. Very painful. But you can't reach the Madrega of mutilating yourself. Because you know that he's going home to, to his father. The Rekiva quotes his pasuk. He's burying 750 Talmidim each day. He knows that they're going home to Tatum. Again, that's Rekiva. I have no anung to what, what that converse in Nefesh is. Rekiva had absorbed that reality so he understood that each one deserves covered because you're bonim l'makim. You're valuable because you're valuable because you're a child of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. 
Because Baruch Hu says you're valuable. He wants him, you sitting by his table. Whether you're unique in any way, shape, or form, it doesn't make a difference. You are because you are. But beyond that, you have a klichemda. You have something which is, you have something desirable. You have, each one has something that they're keeping. They got the klichemda. Each member of class who gets their chalik. You have tremendous value. But at the same time, it was in the context of being a ben lamokum. So Rekiba was able to say, I have tremendous respect for my Talmudim. And I'm losing that. But I know it's, that who they are and where they're going. And I can do that same thing with five as I can do with 24,000. We're not supposed to measure things, but in, in my puny estimation, I think this moment of Rukiva was a greater godless than his final moments in this world. The pain of bearing a child is mind-boggling. The pain of bearing a Talmud is mind-boggling. The pain of burying 24,000 of them is, is, is beyond my comprehension. And that he should pick up and say he's going to continue giving Torah. We're Zorcha, the Rukiva is the foundation of all of the Gemara, Megillah, Darfez, Kulam, Sisal, Lima, Rukiva. All of it are Stam Torahs from Rukiva. Because he understood Baruch Matemash Amakechem. So I think this Mishnah of his Paragimel. Is a key to understand Rukiva's kaychus. It's a key to understand what the taina on the Talmud of Rukiva was. I think there's a, there's a misunderstanding of what we picture, what, 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 and it's a key for us to understand how chashuv we are. As a member of Klai Yisrael, as a member of Klai Yisrael who's there to sit and learn, whether we publish a sefer or not, and when you come up with a sefer which is Taka Mekubal and it's learned or not, it doesn't make a difference. You become a Shashiva, you become a Godel, you become a, an average Balabas. It doesn't make a difference. In the eyes of Kaddish Baruch, I don't know what's more valuable. Any of us have a dumb, yes, there's a covet. Each person has, is measured against their potential. And their covet to Kharsh If we could really absorb this, a lot of the challenges that Bakram have in Yeshiva, the feelings of kina, the feelings of depression, the feelings of frustration, uh, the looking over the, so, the shoulder, Syndrome. A person is supposed to be happy with their lot, we spoke about, right? The people that said they'll be happy with their lot, they look over the shoulder. Look at somebody else's lot. They're looking around, everybody else. How, how well they're doing, and how I'm not doing as well as, I, as them, and I feel frustrated. It's a very 
common challenge in yeshivas, and I'm not, I'm not faulting anybody for that. I had a chavar in yeshiva, he said to me, I don't understand the whole thing with kina. He says, every person who's learning is adding more kedusha to the base matters, so it makes it easier for all of us. So I'm appreciative of how well he's learning. And I looked at him, I understand what the problem is, you know. He doesn't, but I get it, you know. You have to very, very healthy self-esteem to do that one. Or just be very holy. <laughs> and I was probably need, not very holy and not very, not very healthy self-esteem, you know. Yeah, you want to be the best. Like the child who asked the parent, Mommy, who do you like the best? Tati, who do you like the best? That makes us feel good. It makes us feel that we have covered, that we're valuable. But our value is not based on that because you're never going to be the best. There's a phenomenon which is documented. You know, some of the, the, the top colleges in the country have this challenge. The people who go to these, these colleges are the top students across the country. So, uh, so Bob is in you know, school X, and he's like the top kid in the school, smartest kid, best grades, etc. So he goes to Harvard, and there's 3,000 guys in that class who are all were the top students in their school. Only one of them is going to be the top one in Harvard. And the other 2,909 who are used to being the top one are no longer the top one. And it's very, very painful. Because they define their value by being the best. But you can't be the best in life. There's always going to be somebody better than you. It's only a question of when you meet them. That's not, how, that's not where value comes from. Value comes because your etzim intrinsically are valuable. Russia made you. He didn't make a mistake when he made you. He made you exactly the way you're supposed to be. And you're valuable to him. He wants you to be like this. He wants you to be this level of intelligence, this background, etc. These are life experiences, everything. And therefore, you will be able to be that then that he wants and find that Catholic of Torah that he wants you to find. So as, going back to our original story, the real answer to that child, the husband and the wife, I don't know, basically, but the real answer with the child is, yes, a mother's heart has enough love to love both of you equally, no matter, no matter what. Yeah. Feel that love. Feel that significance. Feel that fact that the Russian was Medea us. You know what? You're not the perfect child. It's a fascinating thing that the Russian uses the word Banim. We're still Banim. They're unreliable children, but you're still children. You're wild children, you're still children. Chayasel is called Bonim even when they're Chayasel. Even when they're not perfect, we're still called Bonim. As I think, it's a lesson which we can take from the Tkufa of, of Sphira. As compared to the Makabal Torah, 
Archelic and Torah for this coming year. Going in, understanding what we are and who we are will empower us to be Makabal that Archelic position.